So we're here with Peter Marcus in his studio in Jamestown, Rhode Island. He currently has an exhibit at the Newport Art Museum titled The New American Family. And um, we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about that today and about his previous work and his opinions on some art. How are you today, Peter? I'm good. Yeah. Nice so day. you have the, uh, the piece at the exhibit at the Newport Art Museum. Can you talk a little bit about your inspiration for that and um, what inspired you to start that? Well, I had been uh, working on architectural work for about 15 years and mm -hmm. I thought it was about time to change to do some figurative work. So it was a real radical change and I like to give myself challenges in that I want to change something really from architecture to, to figurative. It also allowed me to do more drawing, which I hadn't done on the architectural work. And it took me about four or five years to establish the, the faces that I did uh, in the show to get them to the point where I, I felt that I was comfortable with showing them. How did you choose what faces to use? They're digital pictures, correct? Correct. So are they people you know or are they? They're family. They're family, okay. This one, I started with people that were friends um, and some relatives, but... Um, and then I moved on to all relatives because I found my family was really interesting. Uh, it consists of, at this point, um, my wife, her sister, and her brother. Okay. And uh, then the kids. That awesome. became the interesting parts of the subject. No, I like the kids. Yeah, the kids. My, my brother-in-law went to Africa on the Peace Corps in the uh, early 70s, late 60s. Mm -hmm and married a ballet woman from the Ivory Coast mm -hmm. and came back with her with a child. Okay. And uh, then I got married, I married before that and we had twin boys. And then my sister-in-law, she had two girls too. It was interesting because, you know, like in those times, uh, interracial couples were not looked at as very uh, cool things. Mm -hmm. There was very, lots of discrimination and there is lots of discrimination now. But I think uh, as the times change, everybody's family has somebody different in them. That's true. And it's very quiet, and mm -hmm. hardly anybody talks about it. But anybody I talk to says, well, yeah, my son married a Korean mm -hmm. woman, or my daughter married a black man, or... Anyway, it seems to have adjusted very nicely mm -hmm. towards that, and it seems to be very accepted now. Mm -hmm. And all my nieces and nephews, and uh, cousins, and my kids, and my grandkids, they all... You know, they're all very interesting. You know, the interracial, the colors of all the kids are mm -hmm. all different and all wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the diversity of families is definitely increasing, yeah. for sure. Um, so the pieces themselves have many different layers. Yes. Right? So can you talk a little bit about, like, a typical day or a typical process of making one of these pieces? What comes first? And sure. do they, do you have them completely planned out before you start, or do you um, kind of make it up as you go? The system is planned. Okay. Because I need it very structured to register all yeah, the layers. So like, yeah, I noticed like, you can see underneath this hole yeah. here. All the stuff. And then it fits together. Um, it takes about a month to a month and a half to make each piece. Okay. And uh, then all the pieces are assembled. And it knows only one time through the press. Okay. So that, but all the assembly work takes uh, part in that month or month and a half from working. I take all the photographs of the people I want to shoot, mm -hmm. and the initial part is deciding on the size 
of the photograph of the face mm -hmm. and uh, where it's going to be placed on the piece. I do two black and white pieces, mirrored, uh, mirrored, one facing up, one facing down, so that I can have the registration. Okay. And then there's a final one where I do the colored piece that matches up with the black and white. All this stuff is all about registration. Mm -hmm. So I can put the painted marks and the drawing marks in the right spots and then the printed marks in the right mm -hmm. spots. Um, one of the things that I do that I found interesting is I paint and draw on the paper before I put it through the digital printer for the photograph. Okay. So that, that. So that the, the, the photograph integrates all the painting and drawing. Okay. Otherwise, it would be paint on top of the photograph, and I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And you're not supposed to do that, and the printer sometimes balks, mm -hmm. but I've only used up one or two printers because I've used two thickness of paint and things. Do you have the printer in the studio? It's this one right. that I use? Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's all tiling. It's made on a big tiling program, mm -hmm. so I can make them any size. Okay. Lots of different pieces of paper. This is, these are all made up of four to six pieces of paper put together. If you look carefully, you can see the seams. Okay. But I try to get, you know, as little of that as showing. And then some of them I enjoy showing the seams. Mm -hmm. So it depends. And that's how the process works. Mm -hmm. uh, it is almost collage-like. Oh, there's very much layers, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And a lot of cutting out and then overlapping and then coming back and forth. Mm -hmm. And everything changes as I go. And it gets, you know, narrow focused as I get to the end. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the first part is really all... It's too much road, and it's not as interesting. Mm -hmm. As I work, it gets more and more interesting because that's when I get sort of what I call the art part, mm -hmm. you know, the fun part. Because with each piece, I try to do a little experimentation, so it keeps me interested in the piece. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I changed. The architecture became too easy, and the mm -hmm. faces were really difficult at first, and you set yourself a uh, problem to see whether you can solve it or not, and you never know. Mm -hmm. I mean, after several years, I, was, I knew there was a potential, but... I wasn't sure it was going to come out. Mm -hmm. So you'd say part of it becomes kind of like systematic and then the art part is when you add in your creativity. Right. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I know you've talked a little bit about how, um, how your work has changed over the years. So you started out, can you, can you kind of like define that change? I know I was looking at your website and you started out with kind of darker pieces, I would say. Like more color was introduced over time. Would you agree with that? Um... The first, when I was younger, I was doing very large-scale lithographs, and they were all color. Oh, okay. And then I moved to things which I thought would be uh, things I had a passion about. One was fishing, and oh. one was the shapes of sailboats. Mm -hmm. So I did those, and uh, actually, even though I was passionate about them, the work was stunk, <laughs> <laughs> put it bluntly. And where did the architecture come in? To the architecture came in. I had, I've built presses for many years. I've mm -hmm. built about 20 presses. And then I collaborated with a machinist in a beautiful machine shop to build a really beautiful big press that would print five feet by ten feet, mm -hmm. um, which is in the lower level of the studio. Okay. And uh, I'll show it to you. Yeah. Anyway, um, in 1993, the press arrived, and two things happened. One, I needed to find a material mm -hmm. that I could make the, the print on, and also paper to print that size, five feet wide. Uh, and I wanted to change image because um, I had done the fish in the boats for a long time. So I started architecture. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do any color at all. I wanted to strictly re restrict myself to black and white pieces. And I did that for a long time. And then I slowly added 
a little bit of color to the black and white. But when I started to do the figurative work, the faces, I wanted to start introducing lots of color. Mm -hmm. And uh, What, did you not do it originally because it was challenging or just because you didn't like the look of it? I didn't like the look of it. Okay. I liked, and, I, and you can still tell because the last piece is always printed in black and white mm -hmm. over the color, which integrates the whole piece. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's the last layer that ties everything together. Mm -hmm. And that's you know, yeah. what I'm interested in. I really like how in um, the architectural pieces, I wouldn't. I don't know how to. I don't know what time period they were in, but they're kind of like white table almost looking. And then there's just really specifically chosen parts where there's tiny splashes of color. Yeah, that's uh, that's when I first started introducing digital photographs to it. Okay. And the white spaces were meant to be um, three things. I thought of them as mm. one is the table, mm -hmm. which is like what you saw. And one is the, the basis of architecture, which is a post-lintel structure. Okay. And then as sort of a, a figurative piece of four, two arms and two legs of some sort of a bug or a human crawling up the side of a building. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so I noticed in your resume that you have taught for four years and you also attended about four different art schools. I attended, let's see, I went to Parsons School of Design. Mm -hmm. Then I went to NYU to get my degree, bachelor's, and this was in industrial design that I went to art school. Mm -hmm. And I had done some uh, working in offices and some freelance industrial design, and that was not for me. Mm -hmm. So I went to graduate school at Brooklyn College mm -hmm. uh, for sculpture, and we had an aesthetic disagreement with a sculpture teacher, mm -hmm. and I moved into printmaking because all my friends were in it, and it proved to be great because mm -hmm. I love I the marks and the kind of things that you can do with prints. So as a teacher, would you say, what would you say the benefit of an art education is? Uh, and it, can art be taught? Uh, I do think you can talk about art. One of the things I have a problem with art schools is they never mention the word art mm -hmm. in the classroom. They always want, I mean, I always asked, treated the students, not as students, but as young artists. And I didn't want them to think that uh, they had to learn this whole body of work, process and all that which distracts you from the, the ability to make your art. I wanted them to start in thinking about how to be creative, how to be make something that you haven't seen before. It's not an easy thing, not but it, you ought to start thinking about it at the beginning of art school instead of when you get out and you're thrown to the wolves, okay, be original now. You know, think about it for four years and then have somebody talk to you about you know, what it is, whether these ideas are any good, whether they can be developed, whether... You've seen them a thousand times. Look at other artists. If you think you're doing original stuff, here's the guy who did it originally. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just be aware of that stuff. I'm not saying none of the stuff is easy. Mm -hmm. So, um, I also had other theories about art, which some of my colleagues probably did not agree with me on. Like what? Or the... I thought we should get rid of 2 and 3D design. I didn't mm -hmm. think that was a, a waste of time. Why is that? Because it's... It's not intended to make art. Yeah. I think you, what if, what's once, the argument for 2 and 3D art? Is it just that it's like a, a basis? It gives you some basis, but I think if you wanted to teach those things, do it with painting and sculpture, and call it painting and sculpture, mm -hmm. add those things to it, mm -hmm. but you're still making art, not design. Yeah, that's certainly not something that art school can um, has the ability to, uh, budget-wise, like, art school can always have a bigger budget <laughs> like well art school the arts in general can have bigger yeah, budgets exactly exactly yeah no i definitely think art school is necessary 
for the art history and for and for the critique and for the discussion with your other student mm -hmm. you know you learn more from your the your your fellow students you know i tried to provide an atmosphere where creativity could take place mm -hmm. i never threatened with grades and never threatened with recommendations i mean if you didn't want to make art why are you here exactly you need the motivation you know i'm not motivating you with grades because mm -hmm. if you need a motivation with grades you're not in the you're in the wrong business that's very true I also um, I went to a talk with Drew Chicago in um, in uh, DC, and she was saying how women um, aren't because they're not taught like previous women like the art history of women sometimes that they keep reinventing the wheel, and um, and that reminds me of art school. Like if you, if you're not taught art history, then you kind of keep it reinventing. Well, you have to look at everything. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to be aware of not only art, but you have to be aware of politics. You have to be aware of what's going on socially. You have to be aware of what's going on in the world. I mean, you can't be isolated and um, and pick out areas which have not been been explored before. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in my last ten years of teaching, that the women kicked the crap out of the men because mm -hmm. they were really interesting. I mean, they were. They were excited, they were motivated, and the guys, which I generalize, are still drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, sure. That's a big exaggeration. <laughs> but, you know, I the, agree with it. the women did the, the best art in the classes most of the time. Mm -hmm. How do you mo motivate yourself? Mm. Uh, I like to, again, sign myself a problem that I don't know whether I'm going to be able to figure it out or not. It mm -hmm. keeps it interesting. Also, doing each piece, I need to have something new in each piece. I mean, nobody else may see it, but I might because mm. I've got to keep that interest going. And I think printmaking is a fabulous technique. It's rarely explored by artists. I, I mean, agree. It has so many There's unique so marks. Many, so many and can be done. I mean, like the scale, no printmaker wants to do scale, especially in Italia, large scale. Woodcuts, you can do large scale. Mm -hmm. But having a press and investing in that kind of thing, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of effort. And uh, there are unique marks, and it's just unlimited. And they still doing, and I'm, you know, one foot by two foot prints. You know, that's it. Compete visually with other with painting and drawing and sculpture and anything else. Yeah, is there are there any contemporary printmakers that are making art that you're inspired by these days? Well, I mean, I always like you know, like I, when I go to the museums, I, I love to look at the. I mean, like uh, Dura was. I mean, he's one of the great. He did large-scale work, mm -hmm. you know, he made it up of small pieces and, you know, made, and his work was magnificent. So, you know, Rembrandt and all those guys, mm -hmm. they did beautiful work. I mean, I think Jasper John's work, prints are just fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, there are beautiful prints um, done today, you know, by all kinds of people. I don't think it, uh, there are a lot of people exploring the, um, all the possibilities of printmaking, although it's getting more and more to do, you know, the scale, scale stuff is getting to be more interesting mm -hmm. and more pervasive. And where do you think you'll go from here? Um, I did an edition of Prince about five years ago when I was first starting the, fa the faces. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I have the edition, it's on beautiful paper. The structures are all sound. The piece is really awful. But I hate to waste all the paper mm -hmm. and the, the photographs and stuff. So I'm redoing all 14 or whatever I have left. And I want to make each one different. Okay. And then I want to try some ideas about layering of the photograph and drawing and painting that I haven't explored with these so far. Yeah. I mean, there's endless possibilities. There are endless possibilities. 
And that's one of the pieces over there that I oh. that I, I finished when I was first starting. That's my wife. And that's drawing and painting over the old print. I love the houses, personally. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the thing is, it's you get to the point you need to have a change. And I think no, no, change I is risky. Agree. No, yeah, and, and risk often leads to bigger and better things. Yeah. So it's true. I mean, I, I, I admire artists that take risks and, you know, have been successful in one one so vision necessary. and then changes and becomes try to become successful in another one. Very few artists take that risk. I definitely agree. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people get incredibly judged when they do, but really they should be more respected, even if they fail. It's they just should be encouraged so, to try that thing. Yeah, stuff. it's just so necessary. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure.